We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alexander, got it! Very nice early post up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one! Oh! And T. Ferg rocking the rim! Welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast. I am your host for tonight, Justin. Tonight's pod is brought to you by Untuck It. Oklahoma City defeats the Golden State Warriors 114-108. to The Thunder are now 4-5 and on the year with the win. And overall, uh, another great win for Oklahoma City over Golden State. I don't care if Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, uh, Jordan Poole, I don't care who's playing for the Warriors after the suffering that the entire association has faced at the hands of Golden State. It feels good to get a win. Uh, It doesn't matter if it's the Santa Cruz Warriors essentially playing out there uh, or if it's the Hamptons Five or whatever stupid nickname you want to give them. It feels good to get a win. Uh, I've seen lots of jokes on Twitter recently about teams talking about this Warriors team and how... uh, other teams might be taking advantage of them, kind of beating up on them over after what's happened over the last few years. I think to some some extent that's true, but we've also learned kind of a new dynamic with the Warriors, and that's the fact that they might be tanking. That I mean, they're probably tanking, most definitely tanking. It sounds like Steph Curry may not play again this year uh, with his hand injury, but whether or not that's solely because of his hand injury or because the Warriors have given up and are going to try again next year? We don't know. All I know is Thunder get another win, their second one over the Warriors this season. Uh, Both games, they've looked dominant to start. And that's really kind of the summary for tonight's game is sort of a tale of two halves. Oklahoma City came out, 
and looked dominant to begin this game. They scored 36 points in the first quarter, which if you'll remember, the first three quarters against the Warriors last go-round, they scored 35 points. So it looked like another abysmal defensive performance for the Warriors, which has kind of been par for the course for most of their games this season. Uh, The difference came in the second half. So after accruing a 17-point halftime lead, the Thunder came out and got punched in the mouth in the third quarter, surrendering 41 points after only giving up 43 in the entire first half, which was made it a, a tie game heading into the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter seemed like Oklahoma City struggled a little bit at the beginning. Then they built up a big lead. I believe it got up as high as 10 or 12 points. And then all of a sudden it was back down to three points and became a game of free throws as it came down the stretch. And ultimately Oklahoma City came away with a six-point win. After the game, uh, CP3 was asked kind of what changed down the stretch, what changed for the Thunder, and he said, we just had to start hooping and stop thinking. He, he talked about himself a little bit. You know, he was trying to bring up the ball too slow early on. They wanted to kind of push the pace, get back to just playing ball, putting the ball in the basket. And I think when it comes down to it, you think about this team and who they were up against, uh, even though the Thunder are rebuilding and they don't have Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Jeremy Grant, even though uh, this isn't a star-studded roster like we've been used to for the Thunder, they were still the more talented team. Uh, And I think when you push the pace and you just get back to the fundamentals of playing basketball, that comes out. The more talented team is going to shine in that scenario. Uh, Now give credit to Golden State. They they fought. they They made it close in that third quarter. They took advantage of a lot of the things the Thunder weren't doing well. But I think in a year like this year for Oklahoma City, where it's less about the wins and losses, yes, the Thunder got the win, but I think it's it's all about the lessons that you can take away for this young team. Uh, the young core kind of having that moment to prove their resilience in this game I think is important. Uh, having a big lead and just coasting doesn't really teach you much. You know, it's it's as good as an exhibition, but having that big lead, losing that big lead, and then fighting to regain it and ultimately get a win. Those are the kind of experiences that are invaluable for these young guys on this team. Moving forward, those are the kind of moments that are going to help craft them into veteran NBA players. That's what takes you from a rookie to a veteran. It's those moments where you face adversity and figure out a way to come through it and be successful. And that's what happened tonight for the Thunder. And give a lot of credit to CP3 really kind of leading the charge on that. He talked about talking with Dennis and kind of, working with him to change the pace in that second half. I think those are the things that you love to see out of Chris Paul. That's the kind of veteran leadership that you hope to see out of a guy like him, where he can kind of mold this young team into some of those practices that a savvy um, veteran guard like Chris Paul has. A lot of those guys don't necessarily know what the right way to respond in those moments is. And Chris Paul's helping them guide that. So as far as like the off-the-court thing for CP3, that, that's exactly what you love to see out of him. On the court, wasn't too bad either. And this was one of his better games in a Thunder uniform. Chris Paul tonight, 16 points, 5 of 11, five of 11 shooting, 5 boards, 9 assists. Uh, I thought it was overall a great game for Chris Paul. A little slow to start the game, but he really took over in the second half. And there was a point where he legitimately took over the game, uh, <laughs> hit a few shots in a row. He hit a, a big pull-up from kind of behind the, the free throw line and shouted out layup. 
it, it was good to see him crossing people up, being the Chris Paul that we have seen for so long in this league. Um, you know, all the cries of him being washed and whatnot. I think when you see those moments like that, it's good to see what he still has in the tank. It's good to see from just a basketball perspective, but it's also good to see from a Thunder perspective because the more he can prove that he's still got something in the tank, the more likely he is uh, going to appear valuable to another team that's looking for that extra asset, that extra piece that they're hoping to, to put him over the edge on a championship push. I think probably the biggest storyline tonight for the Thunder is the balanced scoring. I can't honestly remember a time when the Thunder had such a balanced scoring output across the board. OKC finished with nine different players scoring eight plus points. Starting at the lowest, you had Hamadou, Di- Hamadou Diallo, bless me, uh, who scored eight points on four of six shooting. Terrence Ferguson with eight points on three of four shooting. Darius Baisley with nine. Muscala with nine. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander with 12, Adams with 13, Chris Paul with 16, and finally Gallinari with 19. The only person that got minutes that did not score eight points was Nerlens Noel. He was a team low seven minutes, only scored two points. But overall, just a pretty impressive output for Oklahoma City across the board, getting contributions from everywhere. And that started early and often. It wasn't something that, you know, guys came in in garbage time and got minutes. Uh, in that first quarter alone, you had nine different guys score. Everybody scored in the first quarter except for Terrence Ferguson. So it seemed to be an intentional kind of point of focus for the Thunder from the from the get-go. And I think you love to see that. You love to see that from any team, but especially this team, as they're trying to develop as many pieces as possible. You love to see them get all guys involved. I think a little bit of that... Um, has to be attributed to CP3. Like I mentioned, in addition to his good scoring night with 16 points, he also had nine assists. And this is probably the most facilitating that we've seen him do in a Thunder uniform for the most part. You also had Schroeder with six assists, uh, SGA with three, Gallinari with three, Adams with two, Ferg with two, Muscala with two, Diallo with two, and Baisley with one. So across the board, there was a lot of assists to be had. Oklahoma City as a team ended with 30 assists, which is a season high. So what I love about that is not only was the scoring balance, but the way they were getting those shots was ball movement. The ball movement was so impressive tonight. And it honestly, I I, I don't know that I'm going to get used to it anytime soon just because of the severely ISO heavy play that we've become so accustomed to seeing. It's such a stark contrast to see Oklahoma City moving the ball so effortlessly. Uh, we had two plays, pretty pretty close proximity in the first half where CP3 found Baisley in the corner, which we've seen him do in a couple other games, get wide open looks for Baisley to put in from three. There's lots of times where guys are cutting across the lane, kicking back out, then whipping it around the three-point line to find open shots. And it's such a, such a contrast to what we've seen from where we're just kind of – we used – to see the Thunder just rely on star power to overpower teams and kind of outperform them with their pure talent. Uh, This team can't do that. And they know that and they're playing to those strengths and it's such a relief to see that. And it's so much more enjoyable to watch. I think that's been the biggest uh, noticeable difference this year. Just watching this team is the ball flows and it's more enjoyable. You don't have the moments where you just get one-on-one matchups with Russ or PG or whoever it was. Uh, they're not just trying to take guys off the dribble 
by themselves. The ball's moving around. Everybody's contributing. Everybody's scoring. And I think that's kind of the epitome of the Thunder as a whole. Everybody is finding their place. Everybody is uh, contributing and doing their part in this offense. And it's working pretty well so far. I think you've seen a lot of growth from this team this season. They're not perfect by any means, but overall, uh, the product has been impressive in my opinion. And speaking of impressive products, let's take a minute to learn about our sponsor for tonight, Untuck It. You ever seen an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm tall. Uh, I'm like 6'7", and I have a really hard time finding shirts. Uh, Most of the time, I can't tuck them in because they just don't fit. Uh, If I tuck them in at all, the second I raise my arm up, it just comes out. So I love Untuck It shirts because not only do they fit, but I can wear them untucked and they still look great. Whether you're looking for something classic or a little more modern, you can find your favorite Untuck It style online and check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website's super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit, which I definitely appreciate. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. So back to the game. Um, outside of, you know, kind of the balance scoring being the, the overall theme of tonight, I think one guy that stood out in particular was Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he was incredible once again. He finished with 19 points, 6 of 11 from the floor, 4 of 6 from behind the arc, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. This guy, I mean, I knew he was good before the Thunder got him, but he's really impressed me. And I think his trade value just keeps going up and up and up and up. And I think it's the the dream scenario for the Thunder. If he can not get injured, I think OKC should be able to get a really nice return for him. Especially with, I know we've talked about this before, but like certain teams like Portland, who may be in need of that front court guy, they're going to be willing to take a long, hard look at a guy like Danilo Gallinari. Uh, his his shooting is incredible this season. Uh, but one thing that was kind of a new wrinkle tonight, not new necessarily, but probably the best version of it that we've seen so far, was the pick and roll game with Steven Adams. What I love about this is one, it kind of shows a new dimension for Adams. We've talked about it a lot of, you know, what what can he do if he's got the ball in his hands more often than offense? Because that just wasn't the scenario that we were going to be in with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. But seeing it now, 
kind of letting him facilitate, letting him find guys. He's got pretty good court vision. He's got good hands. He makes solid passes. And I think we saw tonight, he set up quite a few guys uh, on really nice plays. And in particular, him and Gallinari had a really nice two-man game going. Uh, it was evident in that first quarter. There was one play where Gallinari set up Steve, and then like two plays later, later Steve set up Gallo. It was really great to see those guys kind of developing some chemistry and using Steven Adams in a way that we haven't necessarily seen the Thunder use him up to this point. But for Gallo, I think it continues to show, you know, he's more than just a a three-point shooting threat. He's more than just a spot-up shooting threat. Kind of seeing him involved in that pick-and-roll game I think is a huge plus, uh, just continuing to add to his value on the open market. I know I mentioned Gallinari's three-point shooting specifically, but overall the Thunder were pretty much on fire behind the arc tonight. They shot 46.7%, 14 of 30. Uh, in addition to Gallo being four of six, you had Tferg two of two, Muscala three of five. So Muscala, who has not really hit any threes, he hit one three, I think, coming into tonight. Um, just looked abysmal from behind the, the three-point arc this season. Comes in and hits three of five tonight. So that's nice. We knew that wasn't sustainable. He wouldn't continue to shoot that poorly from behind the arc, and he probably won't have three of five nights every night either. But it's good to see him kind of get going and get that on track and find his rhythm a little bit. And and two of the three that he hit were pretty clutch. They were late in the game in the fourth quarter when Oklahoma City was really going back and forth with the Warriors, and they were pretty badly needed three-pointers. So not only were, was it good to see him get his shots, but being able to do it kind of in, in a bigger moment was impressive as well. You also had Baisley, who was three of three. Uh, the, the only guys who didn't have great stat lines, you had Schroeder, two of eight, SGA 0 of 3 and CP3 0 of 3 from behind the arc tonight. But overall, uh, a really nice shooting night for the Thunder, which is not something that we get to talk about very often, especially from behind the three-point arc. I think this this team, obviously Gallinari carries a lot of that load, but this team has the capability to hit some shots. Uh, I think they'll continue to develop, and if they continue, if they can continue to move the ball like they did tonight. They're going to continue to hit shots because they're going to have easier looks, more open looks that they didn't necessarily have as much of in the past. The guy I really want to hit on tonight, uh, I've been saving it as long as possible. Uh, I'm sure Taylor is listening to this somewhere, uh, wondering when I'm going to talk about him, but Hamadou Diallo, uh, another good, really good game for Hami. He finished tonight with eight points, like I mentioned, four of six shooting, Three rebounds, two assists, but the the stat that immediately jumps off the box score is he was a game-high plus 25 tonight. The guy just brought massive amounts of energy, and I know we talk about him a lot as being an energy guy and being that spark off the bench, uh, but he exemplified that role once again. Uh, Just came in and had some electric plays, and actually I think what I'm going to put down as my my moment of the night for tonight – was Hami absolutely baptizing Marquise Chris. If you didn't watch the game and you somehow like didn't look at Twitter or anything, um, <laughs> go look up this clip because it is filthy. He just goes up and cocks the ball all the way back, and poor Marquise Chris just got the brunt of it. Um, he gets absolutely destroyed by the reigning dunk champion, and it was magnificent. So check that out. Uh, really just kind of exemplified Hami's game tonight. You know, he's not going to blow you out of the water with his scoring. He's not going to blow you out of the water uh, with his rebounding or his ball handling ability. 
but he's going to be a solid contributor. And I think I've been really impressed by that this season. I think what we saw from him last season, you know, still a rookie, but was pretty inconsistent. I think this year he's added a lot more skills to his game. He's a little more well-rounded and he's seeming to bring a little bit more consistent energy to the thunder every time he's on the floor. I think he's been getting, making great use of his minutes. There was another moment late in the game where I believe it was SGA that lost the ball. Hami recovered it, pulled the ball back out, dribbled around, tried to drive, lost the ball himself, recovered the ball, looked up, saw the shot clock was winding down, pulled up with his toe on the three-point line and banked in a deep two as the buzzer went off. And that was a crucial play. The Thunder and the Warriors were neck and neck. It was going back and forth. Uh, Hami did what he needed to do in that situation. And I think that that kind of exemplifies and, and sums up his play as of late. He does what he needs to do. And I think that's all you can ask for a guy like that. It's super encouraging to see him kind of filling that role and exciting to see him uh, continue to develop outside of just the big flashy dunks. He's doing more of the little things that you need out of a guy uh, to be successful. The one maybe negative to hit on tonight is uh, SGA. SGA, this is probably what I would consider to be his first bad game for the Thunder. Uh, not like an awful game, even you know by by any means, but still probably probably his worst game in a Thunder uniform. Uh, SGA finished uh, minus two in the plus minus. He finished with three turnovers to three assists, five rebounds. Uh, his shooting was six of fifteen, and I think. His shot selection wasn't as good as it usually is, and he just seemed to be not as sure in his decision-making. There was a couple times where he kind of got caught not knowing what he wanted to do. There was one time where he drove in and, and tried to take a guy on the block and just got the ball swatted away. There was another time where the ball got swatted away and it went off his shoulder. And there was just a lot of little moments that were just kind of sloppy. Um, not his best game, but... Not super discouraging either. It wasn't like the world's worst game. Uh, it definitely wasn't the worst game we've seen from a Thunder player, even this season. I think he'll bounce back, uh, but definitely was kind of like a, a return to earth for Hami a little bit. I think overall, um, really solid win for Oklahoma City. The biggest disappointment team-wise is the fact that they weren't able to put the Warriors away like the last time they played them. They weren't able to keep their foot on the gas. That third quarter, giving up 41 points, really letting the Warriors back in it to where they had to battle the rest of the game. I talked about the positives of that earlier on, of you know teaching the team resilience and kind of helping those young guys learn how to handle that situation. But the negative, the flip side of that is Oklahoma City is a back-to-back. Milwaukee Bucks are in town uh, tomorrow. And it would have been really nice if some of those starters could have gotten some rest heading into that game because they're going to need it against Giannis and company. And that's what the Thunder did the last time they played the Warriors. They had a back-to-back. They flew to Houston uh, and gave the Rockets a really tough game. Hopefully they can still do that tomorrow against the Bucks. but it would have been nice to have some of the starters get some rest late in the game, whereas tonight they played all the way down the stretch. So it's that's the other side of the coin here is if Oklahoma City could have kept their foot on the gas and put them away, uh, maybe that benefits them more tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Uh, you, you never know. Uh, I'm not optimistic <laughs> that the Thunder will get a win, but hopefully they can be competitive as we've seen them do in basically every game this season. I think that's been super encouraging uh, 
observing this team is just seeing how they've been able to stay competitive in every game this season. They've yet to get destroyed, blown out. Uh, they've played a fairly forgiving schedule thus far, which I know the, the schedule looks tough um, and, and gets tougher uh, in the immediate future, but not an unbearable schedule thus far, especially with some of the teams like the Warriors who we thought would be better than they would be, or the Pelicans not having Julius Randle. Uh, pardon me. Shout out Kamiar. Uh, not having <laughs> Zion Williamson, who Kamiar refers to as Fat Julius Randle. Um, <laughs> them not having Zion Williamson obviously affects uh, the strength of that game on your schedule. They're going to take their lumps, but so far uh, they've fought in every game and kept it competitive. And, and this year where we're kind of Putting a different lens on what success looks like. It's not necessarily wins and losses. It's uh, what they do in everything up to the final buzzer. And I think so far the Thunder have shown a lot of resiliency, a lot of scrappiness, a lot of fight, and a lot of heart. And I think as somebody that watches this team night and night out, that's super encouraging and, and fun to see from this team is that they never quit. Because we couldn't always say that in past seasons. There was a lot of games where the Thunder in the past were easily more talented and they just quit. And that hasn't been the case so far. Overall, uh, an encouraging win. Oklahoma City wins 114-108 over the Warriors. They're back in action action tomorrow against the Milwaukee Bucks. We are back in action tomorrow. We'll be bringing you a group podcast tomorrow night. We'll be in your feeds Monday morning, uh, ready for that, that work week, that Monday commute. We'll be breaking down everything from the past week, from the Thunder and around the league and we are excited. Uh, basketball has been in full swing. College football still going. The NFL, it's a great time to be a sports fan. And we are so thankful that you guys tune in each and every week to listen to us, to experience it w- with us. We appreciate you following us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Instagram at the underscore uncontested. Also on Facebook, look up the uncontested podcast. We also appreciate you taking the time to drop a five-star review. Uh, If you like what you listen to, go wherever you get your podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Justin. You can follow me on Twitter at OKCTracker. Thanks for following along with me tonight. Uh, Hopefully I didn't ramble too much as I'm multitasking and hoping OU doesn't blow a lead to Iowa State at the same time. Uh, Thanks for checking us out. Be sure to follow wherever you uh, take in your social media, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again with you tomorrow. So until then, you stay classy and thunder up. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.